I'm Rhonda Rich, and I'm with my lifelong friend, Karen Peck. Hello there, and we are doing some fun things here in Rhonda's kitchen. One of the things you find on the internet. Uh, <laughs> oh, my Rhonda Rich's cooking show, as it were. Rhonda with Rich's my best friend, Karen Peck, who just broke the record for the most number one records in Southern Gospel Music There lastly. you go. There you go. Rhonda Rich with us this morning. New book. Going to be signing copies of that book in a couple of days. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about you first. How'd you okay. get into all this? Every time I turn around, there's Rhonda Rich somewhere. TV, <laughs> newspaper, all over the place. Uh, kind of a multimedia conglomerate in her own right. And of course, a husband who <laughs> writes for you. TV and all that stuff. How'd you get, I mean, what started you down this path? I started in radio when I was 17 years old. I had uh, my first radio show. Uh, I was doing a, p- a paper for my English class and was interviewing a local station manager, and he said, I'd like to have you on the radio. That was on Thursday, and by Saturday afternoon, I was on the radio. <laughs> and so, How funny is that? That's the way uh, things go. And when my first book, when so- What Southern Women Know, That Every Woman Should, came out, I kept the audio rights. Another audio company bought it. I recorded the audio rights, and with my first audio book, Tim, I was one of the top three finalists for the Audio Award, and the other two in the category were actor Alan Thicke oh. uh, and Dr. Dana Dale, oh, wow. who does a syndicated show. Sure. I didn't win. Alan Thicke one, but that was pretty neat to be in a category with them my first time out. Let me ask you something. It's a yeah. really personal question. If okay. you get uncomfortable with it, that's on me. Okay. But you may have seen this the other day. We, we spent a little time talking about it. There's research at the University of Georgia. I think the Georgia Tech folks uh, collaborated on this as well. And, and the, the bottom line of this research is that Southern accent, and yours is so wonderful, mm-hmm. that oh, okay. Southern accent that we are hearing now, is going to be gone yes. in a generation. You see that? Uh, yes, I do. I believe that. I thought about that when Vince Stidley died. Vince Stidley had one of the greatest Southern accents I've ever known. Um, I just lost another friend in St. Simons Island, Ann Hodnett, who had that wonderful drawl. And, yeah, I do believe that. I see that in, in our own kids. We live in North Georgia. Um, we should still, in the foothills of the Appalachian, we should be protected more than anyone. And our the kids in our family that started out drawling and having long draws because of television, mm-hmm. because of iPhones and um, video games and everything, they, they're losing it, and I hate it because it's a great asset. It's it's taken me far in life. It's a great conversation starter. Indeed. Rhonda Rich, you mentioned St. Simon's, a friend down there who sadly passed. Uh, brings us to the book you're going to be talking about here, Signing Copies Off, in a couple of days. Uh, what you're doing here, uh, you've written a, or in the process of writing, a series of mysteries, and each of them set on a different island, the first of those on St. Simon's. You'll be signing copies of this book. First of all, what's the book? Uh, the book is called St. Simon's Island, a Stella Bankwell mystery. Stella Bankwell is the hero who will carry us through each book. Uh, we will be at Appointments at Five, which is one of Athens' most beloved gift shops, on Thursday from 3 to 5.30, hoping everybody will stop by and see us. But each one of the, the next book is set on the island of, Se- of Sapelo. Each one will be set on a different Georgia island, and we're really excited about that, to do that for Georgia, because I'm an 11th-generation Georgian. And to come back and to write about my people, and Stella Bankwell is based 
very much on me. She's just a mountain girl who marries in over her head and gets in trouble and winds up solving mysteries. Again, uh, going to be at appointments at five. Uh, do you happen to know? Sometimes people don't know their own schedules. They know when you're going to be there on uh, the on 5th? Thursday, uh, Thursday, October the fifth. That's this Thursday, from three to five thirty. She's going to stay open a little bit later, so people who work at five can come by. Excellent, excellent. We'll plug this again before we get out of here. Talk about a real-life mystery. The last time you and I talked, uh, you you had been in the courtroom over there yes. in South Carolina, the, the Murdoch proceedings, and, and yes. you, you had a front-row seat for this stuff. Yes, I uh, did. Some developments since. Uh, mm-hmm. One development is I watched the thing on Netflix. Holy smokes. that The whole thing kind of blew past me while it was happening, so I had to catch up. And yes. Netflix really did a good job of, of pulling the story together and telling just what kind of people these people are. Mm-hmm. Uh, got the guy convicted he's tucked away in some prison someplace but some recent developments uh on a couple of different fronts there he's going to be tried together also on some of his financial finagling but also yeah. his lawyers uh, are yelling and screaming about the county clerk and and information that that shouldn't have been put out there and they want to mistrial the whole thing to go away yeah yeah uh becky hill who is a wonderful person i got to know her while i was there and i can tell you that i personally was impressed with the integrity I saw in her. Um, because when I, I was a reporter, when I first started out as a newspaper reporter, I covered courts. Um, so I was familiar a little bit with the system. Of course, nobody's familiar with the South Carolina system. <laughs> it's totally different. But, um, you know, I, I would see her draw the line very sweetly and charmingly in a Southern way, you know, when the law had to be held at a certain manner. And she did that. So I think... Um, I think as far as Becky is concerned, my guess from what I witnessed is that she'll come out of this and there won't be a mistrial. But, again, you can't judge South Carolina jury. Uh, you wrote, as it turns out, you have written the forward for one of the new books, and I'm sure a lot of them, but you have written yes. the forward for one of them. Yes. And, it, in fact, it's Becky Hill's book, and it, it's called Behind the Doors of Justice, I believe it's called. And it, it's the book that's at the core of this entire mistrial going on. Wouldn't you know I would be right in the middle of it. <laughs> of the, all the books that would come out, it would be the book I wrote the foreword to. You know, I, I, Rhonda Rich with us here. Just one thing about and watching that Netflix thing really kind of drove it home for me. I, growing up, and I don't think it matters where you grow up, especially in the South, there's always that family, right? That family, yeah, the one with all the family. money and all yeah, the power, right. and, and the, the world just kind of revolves around them, and they yeah. kind of think they're insulated and above it all. This just happens to be the Murdoch family, and it happens to be in that part of South Carolina. Yeah, and to me, when I went out to write about it for my newspaper column, I did a four-part southern gothic series because it was the most southern gothic thing i'd ever seen in my life you know uh eudora weldy couldn't have written it as well as <laughs> i saw it play out in the low country up there Rhonda rich with us again going to be in town in a couple of days signing copies of this book uh, her latest book and it's a part of a series of books uh, dealing with mysteries that are set on the, the Georgia coast, the Georgia islands. This one uh, set on St. Simon's going to be at appointments at five downtown, five points uh, on October 5th, Thursday. Again, tell me what times you're going to be there. Yes, three o'clock to five thirty. Three o'clock until five thirty, and stayed open just a little late, as you pointed out. You know, I, I always tell this story, and every time I'm talking to a writer, uh, <laughs> years ago, I had an idea for a novel, and I still yes. think it's a good idea. I just, yes. But I said 
sat down to write that thing, and I discovered two things really quickly. One, it is hard. And two, I <laughs> suck at it, so I put it away, and I never went back to it. Uh, but it, it was it hard for you? You know, I've always been a storyteller ever since I was four years old. I grew, you know, I'd come home and retell the Sunday school story I learned. Mm. Um, and I always wanted to write books, and I was always writing things down. And I think the fact that I majored in journalism and broadcasting and, you know, started out uh, writing sports, and I really didn't know much about sports, so that called on me to really learn and really dev and really write for the reader. I think that helped me a great deal. Um, it's uh, my husband's an Emmy award-winning television writer, and he says, I mean, he's written hit shows. He uh, created Judging with Amy. He wrote um, Boston Legal, wow. um, you know, just tons of Chicago Hope, tons mm-hmm. of things. And he says the writing that I do is the much harder writing of anything he's ever seen. And I will see him work. 12 hours a day when I work four or five hours a day. But you know, so it's got to be a little bit like, yeah. it's got to be a little bit like, I don't know, a songwriter, right? Jimmy Buffett just passed, yeah. okay? Not every, he must have written some stuff that was really bad, but we never well, heard it. And I'm sure your husband has written some stuff that just got awful. We just never saw it. Yeah. I, yeah, he says that. He, he says the very same thing. We were at a book party the other night, and I made a joke that I'm married into the most Emmy-awarded family in television history. And I said, including my husband, who won one, he hates to be bragged down, and he's shaking his head. And I said, and, and they clapped for him, and I said, of course, he lost 11 times. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it's hard. I'm quick Buffett story, I'll tell you. A great friend of mine named Don Light in Nashville found, uh, discovered Jimmy Buffett and spent three and a half years trying to get him on a record label. And he kept being turned down, turned down, because nobody could figure out where they would put him on radio. Whether it's him in folk or gospel, country, pop, where would he go? And they kept turning him down. He had a, a first song come out called Come Monday. I don't know if you remember mm, that. God, yeah. But song got up to number 17 at it, the it, uh, same time that Dave Loggins had please come to Boston, and they sounded very similar, and they canceled each other out. But uh, Buffett had gone to L.A. to play the famed Roxy on Sunset Boulevard, and Don Light flew into town and ran into him in the hotel uh, hallway, and Buffett said, I just wrote a song. Come in here and let me play it for you. And he played it. It was Margarita. Oh, my goodness. And Don Light, he said to Don Light, what do you think it, about it? He said, there's not a, there's not an unperfect word in that song. <laughs> and that night when they called him out to date uh, to Encore at the Roxy, and that's where all the music people yeah. in L.A. went, he came out with just his guitar and played come, oh. uh, played Margaritaville. The end of the story is that uh, they always owned publishing together, and about 10 years ago they did an audit on their publishing company. And my friend Don Light said to Gene Buffett, he said, you know, you ain't done half bad for a guy only had one half hit. Well, Honda Rich, we got to leave it there. We'll see you on <laughs> Thursday. Thank you for okay. your time this morning. Thank you. Bye-bye. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.